just be reading in Genesis chapter 1. Is that in my card? Turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter uh, 1, verse 26 and 27. Um, and the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And in Genesis 2 7, it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Father, I thank you for your word. Pray that would you help us to understand the word of God tonight. Please uh, give me grace and wisdom, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Um, we were looking last week at uh, this topic of uh, doctrine of man, and um, we looked at uh, the supposition, and that is... Um, the evolutionary theory as being a speculation, a conjecture, and uh, an assumption. A supposition is an act of, of um, laying down or imagining or admitting as true or existing what is known not to be true or what's not proved. Belief without full evidence. And that is what uh, um, uh, evolution is. And then we looked at revelation, about God's revelation to. Uh, uh, to man, and um, it is the most reasonable um, and harmonious uh, truth, um, and that is only if the person and purpose and power of the Creator are recognized. So we looked at the evolutionary theory about how the act of uh, man has uh, been brought into existence through um, uh, through the ages, and it's uh, an accidental evolutionary process, process springing for some from some primordial germ, a germ which itself cannot be accounted for apart from the Creator. If you, if you look at a, a, a single um, cell, and inside the cell there's, there's, it's like a, a, a factory, it's just so incredible and, and so complex that it's, it's, it's just absolutely impossible. And in our, in our, um, our body we have a, a hundred trillion cells, that's a lot of cells. 100 trillion. The nuclear scientist that spoke at one of our dinners says there is more computing power in one cell than there is in all the computers in the world. There's more computing yeah. power in it's, one cell. It's absolutely incredible. It's an incredible thing. Uh, so, um, uh, it's impossible, uh, the uh, accounted uh, evolution. It's just imaginative, fancy, and without any proof whatsoever. It's all mental desperation. But the thing is, um, it's probably the best that they could come up with. If it's apart from God. So we know that uh, this is a lie of, of the devil. Yes. Then uh, there was this naturalistic evolution. There's two types of evolution. There's a naturalistic evolution, which uh, all forms of life came by pure chance. Then there's the theistic evolution, which uh, is, is, is bad. Because um, they say that uh, God did create the first cell, but things still um, evolved, which is an insult and a dishonor to God. It's a total dishonor. And um, 
God reveals in the Bible exactly how he created man. And to disregard the revelation is just in substitute with this with groundless fiction and this untruth. It's just anyone who embraces the theory of animal animal ancestry dishonors God and himself. Um, we know for a fact that uh, um, even kinds don't change. They said um, um, horses, have you heard the saying, a rose is a rose is a rose, a horse is a horse is a horse. I mean, there are different types of horses, but they're still horses. And no animal, so one animal doesn't change into another animal. So evolution is, is quite impossible. So um, we looked at that, and we looked at um, creationism, the evidence of biblical revelation. We looked at the facts of the evidence, the material part of man we looked at, which is the body, um, its creation, which we just read. Um, Bible says in Genesis 2.7, And the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And uh, his designations is called a body, and the uh, flesh as well, uh, the body of humiliation. Who, uh, the Bible says in Philippians 3.21, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. There's going to come a day when uh, our body will be changed. And it's going to be like his glorious body. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes in the air, at the rapture, to rapture the church, to take a bit, the Bible says that we'll be changed. In a twinkling of an eye, it's in a flash, it's an indivisible amount of time. We'll be changed, we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So um, it's called the uh, flesh, it's called um, the body of humiliation. We also call it, uh, the body as an earthen vessel. And it's quite amazing that uh, um, God is, uh, we have the, uh, this amazing truth of the gospel in earthen vessels. We are quite weak, quite weak, but we have a great message. The Bible says in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the, excellency of the power of God uh, is, may be of God and not of us. Uh, then we, it says that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And um, what is this future? Well, we mentioned it, that the, all men will be raised from the dead. Everyone who has ever lived, is going to be raised from the dead. The Bible says in John 5, 28 and 29, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all their day that in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The unsaved will be resurrected to eternal existence in the lake of fire. And the Bible says... In uh, uh, Revelation 20, 12 through 15, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And um, so the eternal, uh, the unsaved, will be resurrected to an eternal existence in the lake of fire. What a terrible uh, situation. No, has anybody ever been in a situation where it seems uh, it's just impossible, not going to get out of it? You know, and um, it's, we, we will do it though. You know, we might feel like we're in a situation which is impossible to get out of. 
but we can we are out of it we can get out of it and we come through it and we continue on but this the lake of fire and the, the end when you stand in judgment and when, when if you're unsaved and you stand in the judgment and uh, you sent into the lake of fire which is an eternal separation from God there's no release from it there's no relief there's there's nothing to look forward to it's just continual continual for all eternity what a terrible thought surely it's far better to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and know for sure that you're going to be going to heaven where there's joys forevermore much better much better to, uh, outlook um, okay, then we looked at the immaterial part of man, it's, it's characteristics. Um, we, have a, uh, we looked at the, the soul, we looked at um, um, the spirit, the heart, the conscience, the mind, and the flesh. We looked at all of those last week, I won't go through that again. But now we're coming to a, a, a situation here, and this is the third part of this lesson, and that is um, the fall of man. What do you think is the most devastating thing that's ever happened in, in the world? I think maybe the Second World War was pretty devastating, wasn't it? I mean, it's, uh, they say that up to 50, 60 million people mm. were killed in, in the Second World War. So that's a devastating thing. Maybe it was when uh, Krakatoa blew up in, in uh, the ocean. No, um, huge tsunamis wiped out a whole lot of people. Then they had the one earthquake that happened just recently on Christmas Eve, a few years ago, where it says that 250,000 people were, were lost, killed. I mean, that is, that is a devastating situation, isn't it? But I, I think that the most devastating thing that's ever happened is... Adam's sin. From that, everything else comes from? Everything else. What a devastating thing. Contrary to popular belief, man is not on the way up. He's a creature who has suffered from a devastating fall. And his basic nature is not good, but evil. An innermost being has been disorientated by sin. And the Bible teaches that these are the consequences, that there are consequences to sin. So what are the attitudes towards Genesis chapter 3? Genesis chapter 3 is the chapter which looks at the fall of man, where man fell, where he sinned. He was given just a test. And had he not been given the test, he would have been complaints for him. He never gave him, you know, He's an automaton, he's like a robot. He was given one simple test. There are two, uh, I'd like to just look at two different views though. Firstly, there's the liberal view. Um, if anybody knows anything about liberal uh, views, then they're not generally anything very religious at all. But um, what they say is uh, it's a legend. So uh, a general picture of religion and morals, that's that's all that Genesis chapter 3 is. It, uh, there's no such thing as sin. Sin is not, uh, um, is not real. You know, it's, it's just, just a myth, a legend. Uh, Neo-Orthodoxy, 
who claim to be Christians, also they say there's a myth. It's primal history, a true myth. So Barthians, who follow Barth, consider the account as not being historical, but as expressing truths. So what is this truth without facts, if that's possible? <laughs> truth without facts. So, the BBC. So what a thing. That's quite something. And the test. So the prohibition not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil ultimately was a test of obedience to the revealed will of God, not very merely a matter of proper diet. So the fall, what happened? First, Satan attempted to get Eve to doubt the goodness of God because he held back one tree from them. In Genesis 3.1 it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? But already he, Satan turned the, the, the word of God around. He turned, he changed the Bible to suit his ends. I'll tell you something, the, 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 the devil knows the Bible. He's been around for a long time. He knows it. But he doesn't uh, believe it, of course. He won't, uh, and he, if he uses it, he'll use it to his own ends. And he's an evil, evil being. Secondly, Satan offered Eve, uh, Eve his substitute plan, which would allow eating without the penalty. In Genesis 3, 4 and 5, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Uh, that is an outright lie. <coughs> It's quite possible that maybe Eve, uh, Adam had not told Eve exactly the words that he had said, but it's doubtful. Um, but the serpent was, was very, well, Satan's very clever. It says that uh, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's been around a long time. And uh, it says here, um, Eve was substitute Cambridge. It says that uh, in Genesis 3, 4, and 5, And the serpent said unto you shall not surely die, for God doth know in the day that you eat thereof, the eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods. So thirdly, Eve pre-justified her eating. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, there's the lust of the flesh. In the Bible it talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are things. So the eyes and the flesh to satisfy the flesh and the pride of life. So she saw that the tree was good for food. That's the lust of the flesh. That it was pleasant to the eyes. Pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. Pride. She took of that fruit and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And uh, we see that Eve ate and Adam followed. Some people say, well, if I was there, I would have done it. Yeah, you would have done it. You were there. You were there. You were in Adam. You would have done exactly the same. We can't say that we would have done it. What are the penalties? Well, the penalties on the serpent 
in Genesis 3.14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thou shalt eat uh, all the, uh, eat, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So on the serpent there was a, a curse. And on Satan, Genesis 3.15, says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So there's enmity between the hosts of evil and the seed of the woman. And Satan will be allowed to give Jesus Christ a painful but not deadly wound. That was his heel. But Satan will be given a fatal wound to the head. So on, on Eve and on women, in Genesis 3.16, unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So there was pain in childbirth, and, and uh, there would be submission to her husband. And Adam and Eve, in Genesis 3, 17 and 19, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So we see there was a cursing of the ground, and there was hard labor and physical death. That was the result of the sin. And also spiritual death. He died spiritually separated from God. Mm -hmm. We know that Adam was saved because God provided a sacrifice for him. And they uh, sinned. They uh, covered themselves with fig leaves, tried to cover them with their nakedness. And um, so uh, when, God, when they, they, they were covered, but God uh, had to kill, shed blood to make skins for them to cover themselves. So God shed blood. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So, uh, obviously, Adam was saved because uh, God provided a sacrifice. And uh, God has provided a sacrifice for us. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for us. And he's our sacrifice. He's the Lamb of God, which taken away the sin of the world. What a dear blessing that is. And uh, in Genesis 30, uh, 23, 20 to 24, and Adam called his wife's name Eve, for she was the mother of all living. And to Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothes with them. Well, that's quite something, isn't it? That when we give our uh, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He clothes us with his righteousness. When God looks, and looks on us, he sees the Lord Jesus Christ, not us. Without him, we God doesn't call us. We can't. We're sinners. And that's it. But he's provided a sacrifice for us. It's up to us to believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and accept that sacrifice. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us no good and evil now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever 
Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the end of east of the garden of Eden cherubim, and his flaming sword he turned away, uh, turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So you see there was um, he was thrown, uh, thrown out of that garden. The garden was a perfect place, perfect, a beautiful place. And now he was out in the field. Everything that he tried to plant would only bring up thistles and thorns. Um, just think, uh, after Eden and up until the flood, life must have been really, really hard. Really hard. And we know that um, after the flood, God said that he will no more curse the ground. That there would be seasons. And, um, and now thank goodness for that. Because if that were not the case, we would still have thorns and thistles and we'd have to go hunting and look around for food. You know. <laughs> they, they had to look for, for, uh, for food in, in amongst the herbs. They were looking for stuff. That was it. It must have been tough. Uh, what was the result? It was broken fellowship, physical death, and expulsion from Eden. So the next uh, lesson I'm going to be doing is the doctrine of sin and what, it, um, what, what that brings forth. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite something to think about that. Uh, what an awful situation. The most devastating thing that has ever happened to the world was uh, when Adam sinned. And it passed upon all of us. Remember the Bible says, or um, let's have a look at it. It's in Romans. Romans chapter 5. Let's go there. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for they all have sinned. So we're all sinners. If you're out there watching, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says also that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Lord is waiting for you. All you have to do is call on Him. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for tonight. And pray, that, Lord, as we look next week at the doctrine of sin, that Lord, you'd help us to uh, understand the word of God says that we are all sinners. When Adam sinned, it was passed on to each one of us. We aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because that's what we are. We are sinners. Father, forgive us. Pray, Father, if there's anyone who hears this message, pray that Lord, they might turn to the Lord Jesus Christ today. There's hope in the Lord Jesus. And we thank you for that. Pray that would you be with us through this week and as we uh, come together on Sunday and um, to celebrate the ninth anniversary that we might have a blessed time. And we'll thank you for all these things. For the blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I ask one question? If Eve ate the apple first, why doesn't she get the blame? Why is it always Adam that gets the blame? Well, she was deceived. 